Guys of a Certain Age is brought to you by no one. Absolutely no one, except these dudes walking down memory lane. Now let's head to the studio to see what they misremember next. It's the podcast. It's kind of like money you find in your jeans. You didn't know you had it, and you're glad you found it. It's guys of a certain age. Robbie Koblenz in studio alongside Art Shirley and Jay Reed. Don't, I like that. That was good. Do you not agree yeah. when you find money in your pockets? It's just like a happy day. Yeah. Of course, but, as old as my jeans are, it could be like Confederate courtesy. <laughs> <laughs> Which has no value That's whatsoever. Right. Is this Caesar on this coin? What's going on? Wow. Caesar on the coin. It's a that, peso. <laughs> vote for vote for for a peso vote for peso okay peso little so how are you guys doing, <laughs> doing local fun. reference local yeah. cultural reference that's yes. right that's right half of our listeners one of them is local hello yeah. mrs reed yeah so we made it through the ice we made it through the snow we made it through the floods all we need is fire yeah because oh, we've seen you know rain yeah Tire and rain. Yeah. James Taylor. Sunny warm days that we today. thought would never end. That's right. Yeah. Well, it got to 70 degrees yesterday. So crazy. did it really? It did. It's crazy. Wow. So Jay pointed something out. Jay, you wanna you wanna say the 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 pertinent information yes. for today's show? It's the F word. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. Hello, Mrs. Reed. You'll get there. Okay. It's February. And and it's our birthday. Which one? Our fifth. Both of those are F words. That's right. Okay, I was like, okay. <laughs> the, the look Mrs. on Reed doesn't like F words. Um, so any of yes. them? Well, you what have about to be forgiveness? Careful. What about forgiveness? That's a good one. Yeah, that That's is a good, good one. one. I need to talk. Maybe about we that one. maybe we need a little. Especially all the times you lie to your mom. Facebook forgiveness. <laughs> yeah, Facebook forgiveness. Yeah, that's that would that's be right. great. So, so yeah, so yes. our first episode. Yeah. Hey. Episode fantastic dropped on <laughs> February the first of 2019. So Phenomenal. this episode Wait, will drop. Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Okay. Spell check. I'm sorry, Jay. Um, what were you saying? Our first episode dropped on February first, 2019. So as this one drops somewhere around that time, you never know with our dropper in charge when it's going to drop, but uh, it'll it'll drop around there. And so that makes this sort of a special episode. It does. Uh, fifth birthday at the beginning of our sixth year in season one of guys of a certain age <laughs> it's still season one it will yes, forever be season right. one okay yeah season one it'll be like episode 270 or something along yeah. those lines how crazy is that that we've that is really crazy yeah we, i listen to other podcasts and they say oh i did 140 episodes i'm like Psh. that's, that's nothing. nothing that's, that's right. nothing that's nothing right. at all so we need to s- decide where we're going to celebrate 300 if we're still talking at this point oh that's right well, what about I, I know of two places we might could do it yeah yeah, yeah. well hilarious art walks in and it's like and jay goes hello art and art goes are we still speaking so <laughs> it's like is there something that happened when the last time you guys cut an episode that i don't know about yeah there is we we, we won't talk about yeah. it. Here. Did you did you cut it out? No. What no. happens in it's the in studio there. stays in the studio <laughs> until <laughs> it's, it's recorded. That's right. Unless it's recorded. No, uh, I just Jay, Jay was very business like in his his greeting to me, so I wasn't he t- wasn't like sure what to do. I yeah. think he takes us more seriously than you and I do. Well, that wouldn't be hard. This is <laughs> low bar. Yeah, low yeah. bar. But I mean, he has notes. He writes the synopses every week. Yeah, he does. I spent like two hours last night preparing for Gosh. today's episode. I'll and, explain more of that later. And right. I have not spent any time whatsoever. Well, so. I had a blast. Good. Good. Yep. Good. Excellent. All right, let's jump into geeks. Art, you want to go first? Yes, certainly. Uh, 
breaking news, or at least as we read this breaking news, John Favreau is set to direct the new Star Wars film, The Mandalorian and Grogu. Uh, I had thought maybe it would be Dave Filoni doing that, but uh, John Favreau is going to do it. I think that's a great. I think that's a great. It's in good hands. Yes, um, it is. You know, John Favreau has brought us several movies, Swingers, yeah. but also you know, <laughs> Chef, Chef. Iron Man. Iron Man is what I was going to get to. Kind of yeah. kickstarted the whole MCU thing with Iron Man. I think maybe this could be a chance for kind of a rebirth of the Star Wars uh, cinematic universe. I like the idea of him directing. I'm, I think the name could be a little more, have a little more oomph. The Mandalorian and Grogu doesn't grab you? No. No, no it, it does not. It I'm sounds up. like a buddy film, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. <laughs> maybe like Butch Cassidy yeah. and the Sundance. Thelma and Louise, Mandalorian and Grogu. Yeah. Doesn't kind of maybe they'll come up with something better. I would hope they would come up with something. Maybe there'll be a tagline. I don't know what it would be. I have nothing. Space, you can. No one can hear you. Do something. Yeah, I don't know. Let's keep working. I'm rewatching Alien. By the way, I've never watched Alien all the way through. You got to be kidding me! I had the picture book. You know, back we've talked about this before. Uh Back when they would take steals from the movie, and it was basically a poor man's graphic novel. Mm -hmm. I had that, which was great. I read the novelization, but I've never seen Alien. It's one of my favorite movies. Boy, I tell you what, the money they spent on set design, Mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah, just absolutely crazy. It's. I mean, it's 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 really really good. Have you seen it? It's been a long time. I think yeah. I have seen the first one, yeah. but it's been forever. Yeah. So. I need to rewatch it. Aliens, though, is just so much fun. Yeah. Game over, man. Game over. Is, that's a that's a a perfect example because both of those movies are great movies. Both of those movies are very different movies. And it was to me, it was a brilliant idea to change the way that moves. Don't try to recreate what Ridley Scott did in Alien, because you're not going to get there. No. Do something completely different, and like you said, it's a lot of fun. People, a lot of people prefer it to to Alien, but uh, you know, it's just it just they're just two great movies. Did either you they guys, go great together? <laughs> just like peanut butter and chocolate. Yeah. Um, did you either you watch Prometheus? Yes. Yeah. Did you? Probably not. No. Yeah, I've watched everything in the Alien and Predator cinematic universe you know, i'll keep saying cinematic universe for it really is even yeah. though the new alien series that's about to come out there's a tv series that will retcon and yeah, take the right. predator out of mm-hmm. it so yeah um yeah though i need to go back and rewatch prometheus mm-hmm. to see the engineers what they left. Yeah. so anyway pretty fascinating stuff so all right my geek of the week boy speaking of founding money that you didn't know was there so <laughs> tom hollander was on uh, Seth Meyers' show this last week. Tom Hollander, who was, what well, he he was in Pirates of the Caribbean. He was mm-hmm. in The Kingsman, Bird Box, Bohemian Rhapsody. Obviously, I'm reading yeah, off Bohemian a list. Rhapsody. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Pride and Prejudice, The Night Manager. He was great. In the Night mm-hmm. Manager. I you think guys, everybody with a British accent was in Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, I think that was right. a requirement, Probably, right? Yeah. yeah. And I would recommend you go back and watch The Night Manager again if you haven't seen if you've seen it I've rewatch not seen it. That. Oh, it's great. Is it's it a, a series? Lim- it's a limited series. It's got Tom Hollander, it's got uh Loki What's it Hiddleston. On? What I don't remember. It was an AMC series at one point. Okay. But I think I watched it. I think it, it may be on Hulu, which we're maybe, maybe we're back on. with Hulu again for a while. So Reunited. Reunited. And it feels, it feels so, so good. good. <laughs> so so Tom Hollander um got Tom Holland's adventure in-game bonus. So there was a performance bonus that Tom Holland got. Holland and Hollander were represented by the same agency, and there was a small slip. 
So, wow. I wonder how small it was. Did they give it a number? So, no, they didn't. Uh, Tom Hollander said, you know, once he saw the bonus itself, itself, he realized what a literal huge mistake it was. Quote, it was an astonishing amount of money, and it was not his salary. It was his first box office bonus. Wow. Not the whole box office, the, the first. first one. Oh, yeah. Wow. It was more money than I've ever. It was a seven-figure sum, and he was 20 or something. But that's showbiz. Wow. That's- now, Tom Hollander has not been in the MCU. No, no, okay. he's, he didn't. He had, he's like the only person. He's looking to get he's in it now. maybe it's a good idea. <laughs> that's right. But can you imagine that you, you know, seven figures, millions of dollars showing mm-hmm. up and you're like, oh, crap, what happened? Yeah. I would have moved that to a savings account immediately yeah. to start drawing interest. Yeah, that they and then just give, the money, just give the money back. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. The Jamins. <laughs> the Jamins. Yeah. No, that's I what he would call it when he bought that's it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. That was great. But I've never mistakenly gotten millions of dollars. Have you? No, I have not. Uh-oh. Uh, as far as you know, no. Yeah. As far as, yeah. as, far as I I'm know. Sure, I'm sure had we, we would all still be doing this, right? I do share a name with a famous actor. However, I don't think there was a big box office bonus for North, Smokey and the Bandit. Or North Dallas 40. Right. It? Was Jerry Reed? Not? No, that was Mac Davis. I'm not sure. Yeah. But, but you didn't share a talent agent with him either. Oh, I thought oh, you were well. going to stop at talent. <laughs> uh, you heard, there was a pregnant pause there. Before. Yeah, that's Uh-oh. right. That's right. Maybe you two will not be speaking at the end of this episode. Oh, okay. You never we'll know. You singing. never know. Singing? Yeah, every time I leave you two alone, you sing. Yeah. It's just horrible. So, all right, Jay, what's your Geek of the Week? All right, just to share, we have mentioned her already, but the mother of the show and the conscience of our show, of the podcast. (laughs) The moral compass, if you will. Of the show, Mrs. Reed. uh, She heard, we're having a special guest today, and we'll get to that in a minute, but in uh, honor of that special guest, she shared a story with me and a picture. I wish we could show the picture, but we're audio. So, anyway... The text reads as, as follows. It says, I love Tarzan. There was a little area of jungle by the plant, and the plant was where her dad worked, um, where we would play Tarzan after we had seen a Saturday afternoon Tarzan movie. The first dog I had was named Cheetah That's after great. Tarzan's chimp. She said, we used to see who could do the best Tarzan yell, but Carol Burnett had us all yeah, beat. she did a great So one. I had forgotten all about that. Yeah, But, yeah, so Mom... Um, Mrs. Reed, mom, mama. I don't call her mom. I call her mama. Um, anyway, she. she we don't. A, we call her Mrs. Reed. Yeah, you do. Uh-huh. You fear. <laughs> right. But anyway, she sent a little picture. Now, she's not dressed as Tarzan in the picture, thankfully. Um, <laughs> she is dressed as a cowboy with, with her dog, Cheetah. Cheetah. Uh, gotcha. From the Tarzan movie. So I thought that was that's a nice That's great. Little, I love that story. Yeah, nice that's good. Nice little story. Mm-hmm. And today, being our birthday, so we have a special guest. This is break. your birthday. Happy birthday to you. This is a Cheech and Chong version. <laughs> so <laughs> Robbie is singing. <clears throat> hey. After oh, he just. I, wow. I would not call it singing. No, no. That was a. Uh, that As was we a enter grunt- year six. That was a gruntled. Uh, gruntled. Rendition. All right, so to celebrate our birthday, we're going to talk again. Uh, this is our is this our first return guest or no? We've had another return. Couple, guest. Okay, so yeah. George Haybot has been you know that's regular. true, that's yeah. true, that's mm-hmm. true. But one of the few yes. uh, return guests, one of the proud, <laughs> yeah, Scott Tracy Griffin, who is known uh-huh. as the Tarzan expert on call, will be joining us after the break. 
And we're back in studio. Three have turned into four. We've got a special guest alongside. Art, you want to tell the people who this be? Yeah, we have a return visit from Tracy Griffin, uh, who lives out in uh, L.A., I believe is right, out in California. Yep, Santa Monica. uh, Santa Monica, okay. And uh, he is uh, the Tarzan expert uh, that we've had on before, Edgar Rice Burroughs expert. I'll let him tell a bit more just about what what he's done in in that realm. Uh, He's uh, originally from the Starville area. And so it's back here to visit, and uh, we're always glad to have him on the show. Just a lot of uh, worthwhile, a world of knowledge on, on this on this topic. Yes, yeah, sorry, George A. Bide, you're not the only returning guest. Oh, that's so, right. Yeah, that's so. right. But, but Tracy, glad to have you here. Thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, it's always fun. I'm going to tell you, you made Jay's day when you put on your uh, your your resume or whatever you've got up that you've cited this, that you were on this show. Mm-hmm. Jay texts us like at 11 o'clock at night. Hey, guys, we're famous. <laughs> Like, stalker alert. Yeah, yeah. stalker alert. Like the, I mean, you speaking know. Speaking of stalking. I said, you know, finally someone who we're not married to or related to that mm-hmm. actually listens to the show, even though my wife doesn't listen to the show. I think yeah. that page has been seen by a few dozen people. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're well, on, the, on the right track. We'll take anything we can. I think so. our numbers jumped a whole lot when you started sharing it on some of your social media channels. You're like, hey, there we go. There you go. Oh, there you good go. Did you know I make a difference? Uh-huh. There you go. So you've done a ton of stuff, Tracy. You're, you're the Edgar Rice Burroughs expert at large, but I'm, I want to talk to you a little bit about, uh, about your acting career. You, Jay sends us a picture last night of you as a stunt person on what was it? CSI or NCIS? NCIS. I get all those alphabet shows mixed up. Mm-hmm. So how much acting have you done through the years? Um, well, I did a play with Mrs. Warren, Vicki Warren at uh, Starkville Academy. Yeah. Uh, loved it, wanted to do more. Uh, got involved in drama at uh, Millsaps. You know, I always played sports, and to me, that was sort of an extension of it, you know, the whole, you know, performing for a crowd. And so, love theater, uh, have been part of a couple of theater groups out in Beverly Hills, California. And, um, you know, there's no money in theater, but it's, it's a passion and have done a variety of things. I I guess never really broke in as, as a, you know, made it a career. I lived off of it for a few years. Um, I had a Honda commercial that went, was televised and Uh, and we got to find that good residuals from that. Back, Uh, back in the day when residuals off commercials could be pretty lucrative. Yes. Yes. Not not saying you were rolling in the dough, but funny story. I, I get cast in this commercial I, I go on my lunch break I'm working in the corporate world um, working as a management consultant and uh, you know I, I have my headshots out there and I get a call for an audition so I take a long lunch break and then the next week I get a call for another audition I take a lunch break and then I get back from that audition and I have a call back on the first one and I'm like hey you know I, I can't make it you know because you know I can only take Long lunch, one long lunch a day, right? <laughs> so they're like, no, you need to be there. So I, I said to my boss, personal emergency, got to go. <laughs> I went over, I walk in, they said, try these sunglasses on, I, and look, take, take them on, take them off. Yeah. This is the guy, right? So they cast me. So, you know, a couple of weeks later, we shoot the commercial down in Long Beach, which is about 30 minutes, maybe an hour or more in rush hour traffic from L.A., so my call time is six, right? I get off at five. I race down there. I'm <sighs> late to my call time, right? And they're, they're about to replace me, but oh, I get wow. there. We shoot all night. I go in the next, I go home the next morning, take a shower, go into work, not having slept, worked all day. 
And um, I made more off of that commercial than I made in a year at my job. Wow. Oh, oh my gosh. That's the one kind night, of gigs you know, we need. Two, two, two long lunches in one night. So that's when I left my job. I had 10 years at, at the company in the corporate world. And um, I was like, okay, I'm going to give the acting thing a try. Uh, I did some, you know, some print modeling and stuff. I got some IBM. Uh, I did an IBM campaign. Sometimes I put those photos up on my Facebook page. They're funny. And uh, a few other things. I did a lot of background, stand-in, photo yeah. doubling. Uh, the thing Jay was asking about. Uh, I'm I'm 44 years old, and I get cast uh, what would be in the old days called a featured extra, meaning you're an extra or, or background, as as they prefer to be called. And um, you know, but I'm I'm intrinsic to the storyline. You know, a lot of times I did that. I was the aide. I was the chauffeur. I was the bodyguard. I was I was usually the guy standing by the principal. But um, so I'm going to get be the murder victim of the week on NCIS. <laughs> and uh, so I go and I get fitted and they treat you like a king. And and when we film the death scene, what it happens, it's the opener. I don't know if you uh-huh, know the yeah. opener scene when, when the episode opens. It's called Squall. And there's a storm at sea and they look out on the ship and there's a dead body on the deck, right? And the, the dead body's being lashed and rolled around in the water and the, the guys have to suit up in their gear and go out on the deck and bring this dead body in. And it's the ship's doctor, right? So we shoot this scene at 2, 3 a.m. in Port Wanimi. They have a, I think it's a destroyer. They have a ship that's docked there that doesn't go out to sea, but they train on it. The, yeah. The, you know, the, the naval guys train on it. So we shoot on this and they put me out on the deck and they put a wetsuit this is February now in L.A., and it was hovering right around 39, 38, 39 degrees. Oh, wow. So Ugh. they put a wetsuit on me underneath my, my BDUs, my, my uniform, and we go out there, and they have me lay on the deck, and, and they had this huge 600-gallon tank of water, and they're going to dump this so it washes <laughs> over me, and they're hitting me with fire hoses, Gah. right? <laughs> so, so, and it's ice cold. It's ice so cold. This is so, the Navy of the CIA. <laughs> This is like waterporting. It was. Yeah, I was thinking. So I'm 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 all curled up dead, and they then you literally are <laughs> right. Action, yeah. and here comes the the flood of 600 gallons of ice cold water and the fire hoses. It hit me, and I curled up like a bug. It was just instinctive. I just yeah. you know I just went into the fetal position, and you know cut in the direction like you can't move. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like okay. I'm about to be. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I managed to, to, you know, two or three more takes, I managed to, I guess, effectively play dead for them and, and not uh, go into shock. Oh. So in between, um, actually before before the scene, uh, the the uh, stunt coordinator comes to me and he said, we're going to upgrade you to stunts. Oh. So I'm 44 years old and I am now a novice stuntman, right? <laughs> and stunt comes, you know, that's that comes with the base pay for a speaking role and it comes uh, with residuals and everything. So I said, great. So after the they filmed the freezing scene, <laughs> you know, the, the assistant director, who didn't know that the stunt coordinator had put in for my upgrade, comes to me and says, we're, we're going to give you a, you know, a principal, you know, contract for this. I said, you know, I've, in Hollywood, you've always got to be thinking. I said, you know, I, I, I really appreciate that. I'm, I'm on a stunt contract. Can you give me a credit? Yeah. Uh, so I negotiated for the credit. So at the end scene, I got the credit. Oh, that's there. great. Really smart. So um, yeah, it was fun. It was eight days work on a stunt contract, and uh, that's my that's my my closest thing I have to a claim to fame on screen. Well, wow, now, that's really good. Now I'm, I've got your IMDb pulled up here. Now you play basketball in mm-hmm. Millsaps, right? Yeah. Yep. So uh, 
according to IMDb, you earned your SAG membership, Screen Actors Skilled membership, because of a, a scene in Bedazzled yeah. with uh, Brendan Fraser and Orlando Jones. Yeah. 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 yeah talk that, about that. That was fun. That was uh, 2000, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I believe it was January. I just got back from Christmas break, and, and this was back, you know, early days of the internet when we still had the trade magazines, you yeah. know, Drama Log and Backstage and... And I used to peruse those and and go to auditions and stuff. And a lot of the stuff there doesn't pay that well. But they had an open casting call for basketball players. I'm like, okay, I can do this. Um, You know, I'm whatever I was at that time, 35 years old. Um, And I was within the age range. So we go and they put us through all these drills. And it's like they hit the ground running. They had guys who were ex-pros and and D1. And I was this little guy, you know, I'm 5'11 and and, um, 35 years old. And I was barely keeping, I was so sore the next day. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't hear from them for a, a couple of months, you know, and um, just, you know, it's like an audition. You do it and you forget about it, you know. And uh, they call me up and you've been cast. Uh, what it was was a pickup game. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen the movie, Brendan mm-hmm. Fraser makes a deal with the devil, who <laughs> happens to be played by Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah. And uh, he oh, has. Oh, yeah. I remember that now. Yeah. 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 It's a remake of the 60s yeah. film. And um, he has basically seven lives, seven fantasy lives. And one of them, he's a professional basketball player. And the way they tip it off that he becomes a basketball player, he's a tech geek. And um, he goes, his his teammates are all playing a pickup game. And I mean, his his work friends. And he tries to go to the game and they're playing pickup ball. And he comes and, hey guys, I want to play. And they're supposed to hit him in the face with the basketball. And, uh, you know, mock him and tease him. And that's what sort of generates the... the, uh, you know, the, the fantasy to be a pro player. Uh-huh. And um, so, yeah, uh, Norm Nixon was the technical yeah. advisor. And, Who was and, a retired Laker, right? Right, right. Yeah. Former Laker Norm Nixon and was married to Debbie Allen for a long time, hmm, okay. the, the choreographer. And, and so he was technical advisor and he was playing with us and Orlando Jones. Um, funny story about Orlando, I'll tell you. Seven that. up yours. <laughs> yeah, and Orlando's dad was a, a coach and Orlando actually started on, a, got a, college scholarship in basketball to uh was it florida state somewhere in florida one of the d1 schools and had a knee injury and couldn't do it so mm. we're playing uh pick up it's fun and the the uh and again you know in hollywood it's always a, a negotiation both ways so i'm leaving and an ad runs up to me and, and the way it worked in you could get you get uh, taft hartley you know to be in the union if they can't find someone with a particular skill they can hire a non-union and then yeah. you get eligible for union. So this is what gets me eligible for the union. I'm all happy. You know, I, I, I'm on a union contract for the first time. I'm leaving. <laughs> and the second AD or the second second or someone really low on the totem ball, maybe even a PA, runs up to me. He's like, we gave you the wrong voucher. You're supposed to be non-union. <laughs> I was like, nope, I was booked. I was booked on union. I wasn't going to give him back. You know, there yeah. was no, there was no, uh, I wasn't going to let him rescind this from me. I hopped in my car and took off. <laughs> <laughs> so you got your union voucher uh, and like, there you go. Yeah. 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 So, so you still so get, I need to rewatch that movie. Yeah. 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 Well, it was according to my scene was cut. It was, cut. Oh, oh, I missed yeah, that. that. Okay. Yeah. That, that's, that's the kicker too, is, is that yeah. I didn't get in the movie. So oh, you have to so. buy the DVD and watch the deleted yeah, scenes. Scene. You is know, maybe I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the, the DVD, but it's, it's out there somewhere. Yeah. The footage. Everything's out mm-hmm. there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, so what else have you done from an acting standpoint? We've got your NCIS. We've got your bedazzled. I mean, any any fun stories from from Hollywood? Uh, 
Uh-oh. Not too many I want to tell. Okay. He's waiting for the book. I still to come want out. to work in that town. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought if um, you know, that that uh, someday I, I could write a a, a um, book about my experiences mm-hmm. when I'm not not worried about who I, I you know you know piss off or whatever because um sorry mr shreed <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it um it, because you know you you see every side of it from uh-huh. you see prima donna behavior yeah. and and bad behavior but you also see people who are salt of the earth yeah um you know in the a-list and um so it's just it's you know it's just an interesting thing i i was a background and probably between five i've been in probably between five and six hundred films and tv shows wow oh wow wow i had no idea so, yeah, yeah that was that many Gosh. those are not all on your imdb page no generally you don't put background on your imdb okay. I, I i do keep a spreadsheet you know and whenever i get a residual or anything I, it goes on the spreadsheet so i have it all logged okay and a while back mm-hmm. uh, one of my friends and one of my acting groups posted they they have declared a lady who's been in the most uh films and tv shows ever and she had like 1900 Oh wow! And she was a, an extra in England, and mm-hmm. she her husband was an accountant or whatever, and so they logged everything she did. So um, with nineteen hundred, you know, I got quite a few to go. I don't know if I'll ever ever uh, match her, but um, yeah, there are people who who you know back in the days, you know, uh, could make a living. You can make a living from being back. Sure, absolutely. And uh, you know, you work a fourteen hour day and, and get paid several hundred dollars, and you get bumps and upgrades and whatnot. But that's pretty much gone away now. You know, I kind of aged out of it. And, um, you know, especially with AI coming. You know, we just signed an acting Mm -hmm. contract with AI. And, you know, the bit parts and the extras are probably going to go away. That's going to be computer-generated artificial people walking around Uh in the background. So are you still a member of the Guild? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got to get back, and we, we've got our SAG Awards. And so I've got a ton of screeners coming in, and, you know, it's usually an orgy of viewing. Yeah. Uh, I don't go see a lot of these films in the theaters because I get them all, you know, either streaming or, or, or courtesy DVDs. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, I got to, when I get back to L.A., I got a lot of viewing to do. So everybody in the union watches all of the films? Is that how it works? For the SAG Awards, yeah. Yeah. You okay. Well, I mean, depending on how, how, uh, how involved you are and... And, uh, but that's, you know, that's a big perk for uh, oh, us cool. is to see all these and vote on them. And, and, um, how many films are we talking about? How many do you, I mean, do they narrow them down to the ones that are, yeah, they're, yeah. it's like the Oscars. There's okay. five or six, uh, nominees in of, each category. Yeah, okay. You have, you know, you have lead, uh, actor and supporting actor uh-huh. in drama and comedy, film and TV, stunt crew and ensemble. Yeah. Okay. So it's not as many categories as the Oscars, and and we're looking at the performances, so we don't get to see, um, you know, the big budget special effects movies. We don't get screeners for those. We get the more serious, uh, okay, performance driven movies. Yeah. The uh, the award worthy. Yeah. yeah. Pieces mm-hmm. for the most part. So what do you do with all those screeners when they're done? Do you just put them in your library? We're supposed to shred them. Yeah. So that's the official thing. Is they get yeah. shredded. Yeah. They get shredded. <laughs> they do. Uh, You'd never share them with your family. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Years ago, I um. I go to used to go to this thing called editors retreat, and um, so it was for film, TV editors, what have you. And Arthur Schmidt uh, Jr. was our keynote uh, speaker. Mr. Arthur was the uh, was Zemeckis's primary editor, and um, I got to have dinner with he and his wife. There's like five of us, and he just talked about how. Um, they moved from Hollywood. I guess they moved to Pasadena. I can't remember. And so he was a member of the uh, Editors Guild. Mm-hmm. And um, he just kept getting screeners, even though his membership had lapsed. And it's like, 
course you're going to get screeners because you've won an Oscar for editing, even if your membership is less. Who's going to be the stupid mailboy to not send it to Arthur Schmidt Jr., you know? So, you know, you may be getting screeners forever. Well, what I want to be is on the nominating committee. Yeah, that's what... Because then you get to see them all year long. Yeah. Yeah. It's like every week, you know, and they have the screenings in the DGA theater and, you know, you go with the DGA and the WGA, the Director and Writer Guilds, and um, they have screenings all year long to choose the the films that will be nominated so that's a, a nice yeah that would be there. We've, we've talked a little bit about uh, the strikes through the last year um did you get on the picket line with sag at all uh i confess i did not uh, i have not i have not worked as an actor since covid since 2019 gotcha so i was there with them in spirit um it was you know if i were actively working and pursuing the work i absolutely would have been there um, but you know, my primary, I've primarily been working as a writer and stuff the last sure. few years. So, um, uh, you know, I did not go out in, in the hot sun and, and pick it, but uh, certainly I, you know, carried their, uh, their, uh, flag, their standard into my, my private conversations and relationships and my, my online, you know, conversations. I'm very much in favor of, of Screen Actors Guild and, and what they, certainly attempt to accomplish for the for the writers and not the actors not to put you on the spot but i'm assuming you voted to ratify the the last agreement um or not it doesn't matter (laughs) what did you think of the last agreement because of the ai provisions in it i mean they the the actors did give up a fair amount of of um concessions to absolutely and i you know i um no i I have no qualms in telling you i didn't support it I didn't. I generally, from where I am in in, in the Hollywood uh, strata, <laughs> I generally vote no on contracts because I always think you can always do better. See, the thing is, if if a contract passes with a ninety percent yeah uh, approval, that emboldens the, oh, the opposition. Yeah. If it were to pass with a fifty six percent, you know, support, they're going to think, hey, you know, if we we ask for too much next time, these guys may strike. Yeah. You want to convince the. Um, the employers that you're always on the verge of a strike that you are just mm-hmm. about you know that, that you know that you're not happy and you don't you want more and and you're not being treated fairly you know that's sort of standard and coming from where i was you know like i said i i'm i'm not making above scale you know yeah. the, the union exists for the scale guys the celebrities and the the people like that they make above scale they're, oh absolutely you know, yeah. they're they support the union out of a sense of this is where i came from and uh-huh. solidarity and and so forth with my fellow actor, but it, it doesn't affect them. This affects me. I may not work again because of the AI. I'm not giving up my image sure. to be scanned and used in perpetuity. Yeah. Sure. Same thing with my writing. You will not find samples of my writing online. I don't write for free, mm-hmm. you know, and do, you know, I do my, my social media posts, but you got to buy my book or go find right. one of my Cinefantastic magazines sure. in, a, in a back issue bin or something. I, I don't, you know, give away my, my creative capital for free. Yeah. And, um, so no, I, you know, I, it may be the end of, of background with this, uh, AI because they are scanning people and, you know, there's no provision for you to say no, you know, they can always say you have to, we're only hiring people who say yes. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's what, I mean, just, uh, this is a very small in comparison to what you're doing, but you know, I'll post, you know, cartoons and comics and stuff on my Facebook page. That's my, my main way to share them. And then you'll see something later that somebody, I mean, I've actually had this happen where somebody's posted it and removed my name and, and, you know, you you (laughs) caught me. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It was, it was Robbie. Yeah. But, uh, no, and, 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 but you'll see it and somebody will point out and say, Hey, this is, this is this person's work. And again, 
that's really my only outlet. So it's okay. But I, I see a bunch of artists, uh, some artists that you and I yeah. both, uh, yeah. both follow that will post stuff and somebody will put something out that's been altered just very slightly yeah. or claiming yeah. it's their own. And a lot of times, fortunately, people are calling them out for it, but you yeah. know, you wonder how many times it's not happening and how many people are presenting stuff. It's one thing to do it on social media is bad enough, but are doing it in a professional realm and trying to pass this stuff off as their own. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of an honor if it's just a fan and I love this stuff. But yeah. you see pros do it and you see people trying to take credit yeah. and, and yeah. Um, or, or not give you proper credit. Yeah. And it's yeah. wrong. And I will yeah. say I've had more experiences where people have 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 posted it and either tagged me on it and go, I don't know who this is. And somebody will say, oh, this is who this is. And they, you know, they'll say, oh, oh, we're, you know, they'll we'll become friends or I'll follow We'll follow each other. And then, you know, that's, that works out pretty well. So there's more of that than the, yeah, than yeah. The, the not, but yeah, I've totally had, see where you're, you're coming from. I've had footage of mine taken and used and uh, I've had threatened. There was a, a organization here who took some of my stock footage that was, that they did not purchase rights for. And I had to threaten to sue them and they ended up paying. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. There, I've got a particular drone shot of Starkville. That's like, Everybody uses that drone shot for Starkville. And I should have never, I let the tourism agency, the state tourism agency use it, but I didn't put any spec, any, any specifications on where, when is that ending or what have you. And yeah. so, wow. Yeah. I may have shared that. I shared yeah, some thank you. footage. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. I, I picked it up probably, I think it was off Starkville development or somewhere. Yeah. 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 So if it's going over, it. if it's going over the cotton district, uh, at during a Cotton District Arts Festival, that's my stuff from about seven or eight years ago. This was great. Main Street to the new City Hall. So I think that's yours. Yeah, it's probably mine yeah. too. Okay. So anyway, I have to go. find that and give you credit. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. But speaking of speaking of copyright public domain, we talked earlier about uh, Steamboat Willie being out. Now, a lot of the Edgar Rice Burroughs things are are they in public domain now? Since given when they were created, yes. okay. So uh, Burroughs. Like Zorro, like Disney, it's it. You have a split situation there. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the stuff is still in copyright, and some is in public domain. Okay, and so that causes a lot of uh, questions and and what can you do and and um, speculation. Uh, I don't know if you guys read a lot of interesting uh, blogs and stuff came out uh, the first week of January with the or late December with the the Steamboat Willie. This is what's really, you know, that has really drawn more attention to public domain than uh, anything recently. Yeah, because it's certainly not the first known character maybe the the best known character yeah. but and people think oh well i can use mickey mouse now as and, and that's not the that's not the case that's yeah. not what what is as entered you public can, domain now you can use steamboat willie yeah. for that first that, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah yeah i think i read or saw something last night when i was looking at the tarzan stuff that burroughs maybe licensed the character but not the story is there a difference there in some of the things that he allowed to be taken yeah well the thing is you know people i still you know i still get people and you mentioned disney earlier who who you know they see the disney tarzan and think oh disney still has some claim to it that yeah. contract ran for 10 years and it's gone it's done yeah. disney no longer has that disney no longer has john carter so what you have is you have with with tarzan you have um 110 years 112 years of all these different companies that have different rights. So it can be very convoluted. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to speak to your question, there were eight um, silent films, and they all were allegedly based on the novels. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you've read, this, read these novels, there's these fantastic scenarios that you could not have filmed in the, in the silent era or even right, the pre-CGI era. Yeah. 
And um, so that was the deal with MGM, is he, he was fed up. He'd had eight movies allegedly based on his novel. He wasn't happy with them. He wasn't getting paid what he thought he should be. So he told MGM, you can have the character, but don't mess with my novels. Just take the character. That's why it's in the movie, it's Jane Parker. In the book, she's Jane Porter. Okay. okay. They weren't allowed to use elements from the novels. So MGM, and, and, you know, in hindsight, what that did is it sort of split Tarzan's identity as this sort of split split personality. You have the novel, the Tarzan of the novels, who was this, you know, um, he went to England, he regained his, reclaimed his Greystoke mm-hmm. uh, title, he was well-educated, he was literate, he was well-spoken, um, he became educated, you know, and then went back to the jungle Versus, you know, the Me, Tars, and Eugene version uh-huh. that right. MGM was. Mm-hmm. So their version actually became, because it was film, you know, and that's the medium yeah. of, of, of the day once, uh, you know, certainly by the talkie era. Um, the Johnny Weissmuller version, I think, for many, many years, overshadowed uh, the literary version. Mm-hmm. And we've sort of gone back to, you know, with The Legend of Tarzan in 2016. That's what I was going to say. That, that was one that I really felt like felt like the Tarzan of the books to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They they incorporated elements in Tarzan. Again, mm-hmm. he's gone to England. He's lived there a few years. He's gotten his, his Greystoke estate. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they incorporated elements from a number of the novels on yeah. those. So. Which, which one was that? This is the one that came out 10 years ago? 2016. Alexander oh, okay. Skarsgård, Margot Robbie. Gotcha, yeah. Warner Brothers' last one, last Tarzan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I remember the Christopher Lambert 1984. Greystoke. Yeah, yeah, The Legend of Tarzan. So, yeah. Yeah, the jungle sequence on that, if you've read the books, the jungle sequence tracks right along I know, the it's novel. right. The first half is, man, you're saying, this is just like the books. Yeah, you know? yeah. And um, that's, uh, you know, Robert Town, who wrote mm-hmm. Chinatown, uh, had three Oscar nominations. He wrote it, and he was supposed to direct it. And so he just went scene by scene, and it was just, it's just, yeah. the, the original screenplay is wonderful. His screenplay ends when they reach the Trading post. Okay. He didn't write the third act because that was his leverage. I have to direct this film mm. and then I'll give you the third act. And so, you know, the film was taken away from him and um, given to Hugh Hudson, you know, on the heels of Chariots of Fire. Fire. Right, yeah. right. And so Hugh and his writer did the English sequence, which, you know, nothing to do with Edgar Rice yeah. Burroughs. Not a bad sequence, not bad, but it just like, why not stick with the book? Because the book is so much better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and like you said, I mean, you're, I remember sitting in the theater and going, "Oh my gosh, this looks like what I've had in my head." Yes, you know, yes. And that you know, Town has always said that is his great. You know, here's a guy with with all these Oscar nominations, and one of the the you know greatest screenwriters Hollywood has ever produced. He says his greatest creative heartbreak was that he didn't get to yeah. direct Greystoke. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can imagine. And it seems like there's a lot of regret and heartbreak in Edgar Rice Burroughs stuff. The fact that you know the Disney had John Carter you know, which is a princess of Mars, uh, and that they got, they, they got Star Wars after that. And once that happened, they, they didn't market this movie. They, right. they changed the title to something that was, you know, not <laughs> at all indicative of what the yeah. story was going to be. The movie itself, I think works pretty well. I think it's, it's a, it's a certain, a good movie and certainly a better movie than I, I, I ever thought we'd see, but it, there could be so much more. Did to you it. like John Carter, the Disney version? I had mixed feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Parts of it I love, like yeah. with the Thars, the hatchery yeah. scene, uh-huh. and the little yeah. babies. That was great. That's right from the books. I, I, you know, we had a screening. We had a Burroughs gathering out there, and we had a private screening for this movie. And so they screen it, and afterwards it was silent. Yeah. So everybody, would, you know, there wasn't this roar of applause. Uh-huh. I think everybody was kind of like me. They were kind of taking it in, yeah. you know, contemplating. 
I expected it just from what I had seen before, and I thought it would track closer to the books. Mm-hmm. I was surprised, you know, with the blue goo, yeah, um, the nanotechnology or whatever, and the therns had almost magical powers, and you know, it it went f- it deviated from the books farther than I thought. Mm-hmm. But there are parts of it that I love, and I will say that as as a guy who grew up, you know, reading and rereading these books, um, it. The John Carter, I like it more upon repeated viewings. It uh-huh. goes yeah, on. Yeah, me. that's mm-hmm. yeah. I rewatched it not too long ago and, and and enjoyed it for what it is. Now I don't have the attachment to the property that you two have got. Yeah, I mean yeah. that I've said before. My favorite book and one of the the books that kind of instilled in me a love of reading is is it's the first Tarzan book, Tarzan of the Apes. I just fell into that book. It just you know it really became something that I was obsessed with, and I've read most if not all of the the other Tarzan books but there's something about John Carter that really kind of captured me more so even than Tarzan and uh, I think because I had not been familiar with it I had known Tarzan more from the Ron Eli Eli series Um, so I was familiar with an articulate Tarzan but uh, had no preconceptions about John Carter other than maybe seeing some Frazetta work, <laughs> which, yeah. you know, yeah. I need to read this. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. Reed. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, uh, but that's one, and that's one thing we, we, I know we talked about last time, uh, talked to let me talk about, uh, again, is that, you know, we've, we've got these properties that have been, uh, you know, adapted, you know, to different degrees, uh, a mutual friend of ours, Jack Elliott, and Tracy and I have talked about the Doug McClure stuff, you know, is there a property, you know, other than maybe some of those that are, are better known or that have been attempted before that you would like to see that you think it might lend itself well to, to maybe the streaming services or something? Because we feel like the technology is there and uh, I think they could I think they can produce whatever you know, is in there. The the characters and creatures that uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs, you know, came up with, I think can be produced convincingly now. Uh, even on even on a, a budget, you know, the streaming budget, you know, so, so especially with the ideas of being able to do the holographic wrap wrapper, well, not holographic, but the immersive LED wrap around where you can right. project anything. Yeah. On. Well, I've always said, you know, Tarzan is my favorite character. I, mm-hmm. I think he's a really a, a nuanced character and he has an arc in the novels. Mm hmm. And Barzoom is my favorite world, the world of John Carter of Mars. Mm-hmm. But there's one uh, property that I really had an affinity for that I, I just love. It. It's just, to me, a very romantic world. And that's the Moon series, the Moon yeah. trilogy. And that's, again, that's one that most people don't know about. I mean, some right. people may go as deep as, well, we've talked about Pellucidar and Caspec. They may know that if not only from the movies that were made. Uh, Carson of Venus, I think, was one you've mentioned. But the Moon series is not one that a lot of people remember. Right. It was written as a trilogy. And, it's, you know, it's interesting because each each uh, novel is, you know, and I don't want to spoil it too much, but it, we, we have to to sort of talk about it. Mm-hmm. Each it's three novellas and each one is is uh, sort of a different feel genre. He, he actually wrote the middle one first. And Burroughs was very patriotic. He was just like a super patriot, loved America. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he felt like the American system uh, had, had helped him rise up from this guy who, you know, was just itinerant guy who could not find work and keep a job to, you know, becoming this, uh, you know, multimillionaire from his creations. And so he loved America. He was very patriotic. And he saw in 1922 or so the, the menace that communism posed. Mm-hmm. So the Red Hawk is the middle one. And it's, it's really an anti-communist, uh, sort of, uh, thing. And what he, he, he uh, you know, his, what he posits is that America has been taken over by aliens 
and they've implemented communism and they've sort of their their communism has destroyed manufacturing and trade and commerce to the point where we're living in a feudal state so mm. it's like the middle middle ages in america and of course he has the hero who rises up against the alien invaders and leads the uh you know, it's it's sort of the thing we've seen in so many franchises, but but and the, he couldn't sell it because of the political angle. They're like, no, we don't want to touch politics in mm-hmm. the magazines. So he went back and he wrote a um, a prequel, and this was the standard, you know, sword and planet, you mm-hmm. know, uh, space opera where the the shipload of guys are going to John Carter's Mars. They're going to try and do an expedition to Mars, and the rocket ship gets waylaid and and goes into the moon. There's an interior world mm-hmm. of the moon, and uh, a whole lost civilization and everything. And then the final uh, episode, the Red Hawk, of course, is set into the future after the um, the revolt in Chicago. The Red Hawk is set in Southern California, and the Americans have further devolved. Now they're living like American Indians, like Native Americans, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's their level of technology. But they're still fighting these alien invaders, and so it's it's just a great centuries long story, mm-hmm. epic story, you know, that spans you know different civilizations and and the alien menace and the, the sort of the political angle and uh and it's you know a, above all it's heroic fiction yeah. so i think there's a lot of potential and he was a great world builder too i mean he could you know like you said barsoom but but all the all the different cultures and societies whether it's the great apes society or whatever it is you know uh just was incredible the, the detail and, and thought he put into that thing yeah a lot of specificity you know mm-hmm. he would create languages yeah and even written languages you know for the venus books you mentioned mm-hmm. he he created a written language for the venus wow. books that's impressive i see here where there's a um, there's a centennial edition of the moon maid coming out mm-hmm. so for 350 bucks you can get your lettered collection okay. yeah, it's one of 600 jay i'm pointing at jay jay jay's a resident collector okay you name it he's got one uh-huh. well okay. i don't have everything because i did look on ebay uh this week and i was curious do you have the, any of the trading cards the tarzan trading cards i have the jesco series i have the ely series okay um now what year because i was looking like there's a set that just came out or in recent years that like you can get the set of 55 for 12 bucks on eBay and it looks like comic covers almost. Oh, it's yes, probably yes. dynamite stuff. Uh, I, I forget who did it. It wasn't dynamite, but yeah, it was a, it was a vendor that did those. They, it's a funny they little out. name of the series, but then there's one from several from like 1966, maybe banner Philadelphia. Yeah. Now those are like 250 bucks. It, to, for the whole collection. Yeah, and I you, got mine years ago when they were like, a lot more affordable. <laughs> right. but, um, yeah, yeah, I forget the name of the, the company, but you're right, there was one and they did... There's one in England too. Classic comic comedies. They've done a number. They did, uh, they did 3D cards tied in with the Tarzan movies. I mean, you could build, spend a lot of money and build oh, yeah. collections, you know, cigarette cards. Uh-huh. Uh, there was some from Sweden, I think. There was there was quite a variety. Yeah, they had at those, least in individual cards. They had those Panini sticker cards in, in Europe, and they never released them here. The Filmation, the cartoon from the seventies. Yeah. They had a, uh-huh. a series that was released in in uh, Europe. I'd I'd love to have those because uh, those are nice. But um, that's kind of my 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 main collections are cards, and cards, so I, I, I mean, looked that up, and it was like I was kind of fascinated that the. Of the range, I mean, even the even the eleven dollar set would be fun to see. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, well, you remember back in the nineties, early nineties, when the cards really blew up, non sport trading cards, and uh-huh. there were even magazines, yeah. multiple magazines. Thank on these you, cards. Magic the Gathering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, so they used to sell singles at Comic Cons, and I would go through and I would pull all the Frazettas, and yeah, so I have a pretty extensive collection of the the more modern stuff, Frazetta cards, 
Boris yeah. Vallejo cards. Um, oh, Boris fun. Vallejo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Of, of, you know, have a couple of notebooks full of just the Burroughs covers and trading That's card cool. form. Wow. All right, we're at 35 minutes. Anything else anybody wants to ask Tracy before we go off for another hour of talking all this fascinating stuff? What are you working on right now? What am I working on right now? Um, I'm researching several, you know, I'm always researching, always researching. Um, One interesting element, uh, probably because of where I come, come, you know, my personal experiences um, that I'm interested in is the extras who worked on the Tarzan film. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. In the Depression, they would hire hundreds of black actors, Mm -hmm. and they would uh, play the natives. And, you know, today, the Tarzan films, you know, they're not politically correct. People say they haven't aged well. But what are the stories of these folks? You know, I mean, I'm always interested in human stories. And the thing is, you'll look in those crowds and you'll see actors, you recognize faces and you go, this guy went on to be, I think one of them uh, was the father in uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. And I can't remember which, if that's what it was, or maybe I've got, maybe I've gotten confused with another actor, but you go, oh my gosh, this guy is, uh, you know, went on to do some really important stuff. You're right. His name eludes me. He was in there. Um, Yeah, there were a lot of. The father who. And Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. I mean, not Tracy Spencer. No. No, 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 not Spencer Tracy. Spencer Tracy. Sidney Poitier's uh, father. Yeah, Sidney Poitier's father. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Good, you're talking yeah, African-American. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's just, it's kind of amazing who you'll you'll see in there. And yeah, you, like you said, uh, probably has not aged as well, but the stories of those folks would be fascinating. Yeah, and they're, they're just their arc, their own arc. You know, Juanita Moore, you know, uh-huh. who was, was uh, Oscar nominated. Yeah. She started out in the Tarzan film. So many mm-hmm. of these people, because you start out in Hollywood, most people start out doing background work and they don't want to admit it. Right. You know, nobody wants to say yeah. I was an extra running around in the background of 90210. Yeah. <laughs> but they did it. Roy yeah. Glenn was his name. Okay. Yeah. 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 Roy so. Glenn. He was on the Ely. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Ely series. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a documentary we should, should collaborate on because that would be fascinating. <laughs> maybe, maybe. So a buddy of mine did a documentary. Uh, he was the principal editor on 20 Feet from Stardom, which uh, tracked the stories of the background vocalists in Motown. Yeah, that's a great documentary. It's a great documentary. Mm-hmm. So those stories are always fascinating. So. And a number of Mississippians, you know, that's yeah. that's a particular area of interest is, is what Mississippians are in the Tarzan films. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, James Earl Jones, yeah. mm-hmm. he was in a couple of episodes, uh, um, uh, you know, other, er, Ernie Terrell, the, the, uh, heavyweight boxer. Oh, sure. He's on the Ron Ely series. So, um, a lot of native born Mississippians, maybe 12 or 15. Wow. Yes. That's cool. I know I do. And we're sitting three feet from stardom. Three feet. <laughs> so what about your books? I want to, I know you've mentioned this on the previous one, uh, Tracy, but, um, you have two out and then mm-hmm. are they, I uh, I want to say you said one was out of print, maybe. So just tell us about your two books that are out there now that anybody might want to try to find. Okay, thanks. Um, Tarzan the Centennial Celebration was the first. It came out in uh, 2012 to celebrate the 100-year anniversary of the character. And it covers everything from the pulp origins, the pulp magazines, the novels, the comic books, the comic strips, the uh, TV shows, radio shows, uh, films, just everything, merchandising, licensing, and... um, a lot so, of incredible artwork in there. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. I was privileged to be published by Titan, and they're sort of the go-to people on a lot of these making of film books and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, coffee table books. Mm-hmm. Titan was just really starting to blow up when they they uh, contracted me to do this, and now it's like I have so many Titan books in my library, mm-hmm. um, and they were happy enough. I went back and I pitched uh, John Carter. Well, 
well, to do the John Carter and the rest of the series, Venus, Mars, Venus, yeah. uh, Pellucidar. I wanted to do everything else, give it that same treatment. And they said, well, you know, the John Carter movie didn't do too well. How about a Tarzan film book? There hasn't been one since Gay Besso, really, mm-hmm. or, or Dave Fury. So I said, great. I went home. I, I met the um, I met the, the president, the owner of Titan in, in uh, Las Vegas at a trade show. Went home. I wrote up the proposal. It was on his desk when he got back to England. And so we did Tarzan on film. That mm-hmm. came out in 2016 with the movie The Legend of Tarzan. Generally, they like to tie these big, you know, splashy coffee table books in with an anniversary or a film release. Yeah. So uh, you really need sort of that cross-promotion selling. Um, and that would have been, what, a year or two earlier than the 100th anniversary of the silent film, the first silent film? That, that was 1918, 1918, 2018, right. Okay, right. so and they so, been right around the same time. Yeah, and, and, and my primary platform is Facebook. So if you follow me or follow my, my book, Tarzan on Film, I'm still promoting. We're still selling. The book's still selling well on Amazon. Uh, Centennial Celebration uh, sold out. It is out of print. So yeah. you'll have to go to an aftermarket. Oh, no, you can buy a copy on Amazon for $487.48. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I wish I had a couple hundred of those. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I'd have a proxy selling them on, yeah. on Amazon. It's funny. I bought uh, about 100 of them and because um, that was my idea was to stock up before it goes out of print. So I bought about 100, and the next thing I know, it goes out of print. I'd asked them to tell me. And, um, but I've sold most of those hundreds, so I'm right. down to just a few copies. There's a, um, there's a used copy of the, um, slip case edition signed by you for 60 bucks. Okay. Oh, that's a deal. That is a deal. That is, yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. have both of the books and I need to bring them up here. I think I may have brought them before, but I'll, I'll bring them up here. I wouldn't let okay. Jay get close to him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Where did my book go? Yeah. He might yeah. knock you out. I mean, he already stole my regrettable heroes. Book, yeah. So. They're, in, they're, they're incredible books. And like I said, just beautifully done, uh, both in terms of what you did and, and what the publisher did too. Just really, really good books. Thank you. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. really happy with the way they turned out mm-hmm. and you know, they were great to work with. They did not, uh, I would say 95 to 98% of what's in there is, is what I intended to be. in. That's there. great. They didn't have a heavy hand with the editing and I was happy for that. Wow. Very nice. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Tracy, thank you for joining us. Thanks for coming back when I was here this time. Oh, no, I mean, it's yeah, it well, great to meet you. He won't you make that mistake again. Yeah, he won't make that mistake again. So, all right guys, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time around. Thank you. 